Tori, what would you do if you just woke up and you're at the bottom of a well? I would try to escape, but also freak out. How would you try to escape? Looking to see if there are any, I guess, stony steps. <laughs> like something you can climb up on or? Yeah, if there's like spaces between the bricks where I can like try and like get footing, I guess. Like I would try and climb like that. I think um, what I would end up doing is Spider-Man climb out of there. How is that any different from what I would do? Oh, you see, I would genetically modify myself with web shooters and uh, shoot webs so I can swing myself out of the well. See, now that's cheating because I didn't even know that was an option. Uh, See, you got to know how to play the game if you're going to answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Tales of Grimm. I am your lovely host, Tyler. And I'm Tori. Yeah, so uh, this well question kind of goes back to uh, one of the most iconic horror films ever made. Many awards have been given to the actors, screenplay, direction, everything. And we're talking about the movie Silence of the Lambs. So, uh, Tori, this was your first time ever seeing Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I definitely have seen this movie many, many times. It's been a while. This last time we re- when we watched it together was probably the first time I've seen it in like five or six years. So it's it's been a bit. But what was your overall assessment of the movie? It was honestly a really well-made film. I loved the relationships between the main character Clarice and Hannibal Lecter, who is the serial killer that is basically giving her info and all that stuff. Anthony Hopkins. Oh my god. Like, one of the, if not the best movie he has ever done. He plays a very elegant, psychotic person. It's very spot on. But not only that, but her relationship with basically every other male she encounters and her figuring out this crime basically only with the help of Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Yeah, the entire FBI cannot solve this crime. You have one of the most well-funded governments, and they're having the hardest time tracking down the serial killer known as Buffalo Bill. So they have to enlist Hannibal Lecter, and one of their trainees, not even a full graduate of the academy yet, to basically track down the serial killer. One of the top in her class, and... Towards the end, the guy that brings her on, her professor, I think he was. Why did I get the feeling that he wasn't even going to give her the due credit? Well, because he kind of screws her over in one of the scenes. Early on in the movie, at one point, her director basically kind of like throws her under the bus because she's a woman. And he knows by throwing her under the bus that the, the local police in that area are going to be more cooperative with them. Well, it's not really throwing her under the bus as much as keeping her out of the loop. Yeah, he dismisses her. Even that is kind of basically what ends up happening if you guys haven't seen it yet. Um, oh yeah, there is, are major spoilers in this podcast. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but basically what ends up happening is... She and her director go in to try and look at this uh, new body that has been found. They're in one room with all of these male police officers and the male police 
detective or basically the leader of the police, I believe. Um, and the professor basically goes in a room and is basically like, you know what, just stay here. This, this is something that he and I just need to talk about. It's a man's work, basically. And that basically shuts her out and you see all of the police officers around her just looking down at her, basically. And she calls him out on that shit, too, towards the end. When they're going back to, I think it was the school or something like that, she calls him out and she's like, they look towards you to know what is good and what is not. Like, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. So she, like, full-on goes into him with that, but... Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the great lines out of that is when she goes, you know, it matters what you say. Because he had to tear her down to gain the favor of these local police. Mm-hmm. And, and that says so much about, you know, females in the criminal justice system. It's insane. Because it, it really does play a part in society how women are basically knocked down a peg. So men can basically get whatever they need to so they can progress. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole thing was that the director, while he may not have been a horrible human being, he still had to use these tactics. Get what he wanted. Exactly. Which is horrible. And even in the end, um, when they are supposedly going to catch Hannibal Lecter um, at this one house. No, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, sorry. Not Hannibal. (laughs) My bad. Hannibal Um, escapes. (laughs) No, I know. The one serial killer that they're actually trying to get. When they're going to go capture him, he basically phones Clarice and says, you know, this is what we're doing. We're flying so like to this place to get him. And she's so eager. She's like, okay, that's only X amount of hours away for driving. I'll be there as soon as I can. He's like, no, no, just sit this out. And believe me, your work on this case will not be forgotten. Meaning, she's probably not going to be getting credit for jack shit about this. But luckily, they go to the wrong house, and she goes to the correct one. Is it really luckily, though? Because what happens there is pretty terrifying, for, especially for a trainee. Oh, God, yeah. Like, she she has not graduated the academy yet. No, that's a terrifying scenario that she has to go through. Um, so it's, it is lucky, but unlucky. Lucky in the way that she is the one that gets to take him down and gets the due credit. Right. Whereas, not luckily, she is the one that does run into him and almost dies. Was the better option for them catching Buffalo Bill? Because if they weren't trying to pursue Buffalo Bill, Hannibal Lecter would still be in the cell. <laughs> no, if that psych ward, like, agent or whatever the hell he was, if he hadn't made a deal with the mayor or senator or whatever the mom was, then he would still be in jail. Right. Like, if he didn't want to one-up Clarice and get his little feelings hurt... Then he would still be in the cell. That's true. Because at least in that cell, he was behind glass. In the cell where he escapes from, it's literally 360 degrees of bars. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to get out of that. Honestly, I kept thinking of Harley Quinn's cell, though. 
from um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, a bad connection to me because they're such different movies, and one is a masterpiece, the other is just garbage, but also an it... Oscar-winning film at the same time. They got it for makeup because of the makeup. Crocodile? Is that what his name is? Oh no, Kill Killer, Killer Croc. Croc. That's what it was. But there's so many more movies deserving of better makeup. Oh, I know. Especially for that year. Oh, um, and Suicide Squad was such a garbage movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, people that either worked on Suicide Squad or were part of, part of it, but uh, not a good film. At all. He is a Marvel man, not a DC man. I appreciate movies in general, and I love DC comics, but their movies are garbage. But to be fair, most early Marvel films were pretty garbage. The original Daredevil with Ben Affleck was a horrible movie. When was that made? Because I want to say that like all of those movies and that shows was like in and 2004, stuff, I think, still not as good, um, like graphics wise as or special effects as these ones are. Well, no, Plus, of course, definitely characters. today the special effects are better and they're more realistic. But if we're comparing the Marvel Daredevil movie to, let's say, Spider-Man, the original with Tobey Maguire, goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> that, like, set the tone for most superhero movies in the early 2000s. It was such a good movie. <laughs> oh my god. Same with the first two X-Men. X-Men 1 and X2, great films. But then they did X3, which was an atrocity and then they did Days of Future Past, which Oh, no, no, that wasn't liked. the next one. Which one was the next one? No, 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 they did X-Men 3, and then they did the Wolverine movie. Oh, right, the Origins. Yeah, and that was bad. That was really bad. Well, that was the whole thing that Ryan Reynolds <laughs> took that role because he was like, I really want to play Deadpool. This is my opportunity to play Deadpool. Then he gets more star power and was like, I want to redo Deadpool and do it right. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> yeah. But um, the most the early Marvel films, most of them were pretty garbage. I wasn't a big fan of like the Blade series, and I'm actually pretty glad they're redoing that with like the MCU now. Cause uh, and I, I think I'm gonna butcher his name, but Mahershal Ali, Mahershal Ali, Ali, he was in Moonlight, phenomenal actor, and he's gonna be playing Blade in the new series. Interesting. Yeah, super pumped for that. Also, he was in the MCU show Luke Cage, where he played um, Cottonmouth, I believe was the character's name. I will trust you. Yes. <laughs> but, super excited for him to uh, take on that role. Also, Ryan Reynolds was in the Blade movies. I would believe that, too. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds is an American treasure. He's not even American, he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Canada. <laughs> Some good things have come out of Canada. But anyway, um... <laughs> back to the actual topic. Yeah, back to the actual question, which was, who was the better serial killer? No, who do you, think, who was, do I... who do you think was the worst serial killer? The worst... I, and I don't mean worse as in, like, oh, this person sucked. I mean worse as in, like, oh, this person's a terrible person compared to the other one. Oh, Hannibal, hands down. And what's your reasoning? Because he gets into your mind. Like, he plays around with you, gets to know everything about you, every weakness, every strength. He bites off a guy's nose and then escapes by using his face. Oh, it doesn't bite off his nose. He bites off a piece of the cheek. 
No, I thought it was the bridge of his nose. Nope, it was kind of like near his eye. It was like right. I know the audience can't see, but uh, I'm doing the uh, circling the area where he was bit. The cheekbone. Yes. Okay, but still, he cut off the police officer's face and basically used it as a mask. Basically, while he changed clothes, so he's now in the police officer's uniform as well, and he changes the police officer into his clothes, throws the police officer into the elevator well. Let's not forget the theatrics of him stringing up the other guard. Oh, God, like he was a bird? Oh, not like an angel. Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) Just, I was thinking like wings out like that. Yeah. And that... Oh my god, the flag that he used, because it was one of those, like, banners that they Mm -hmm. used, that just screamed, like, patriot to me for some reason. Sure. Like, just, I don't know, the lighting and everything about that picture reminded me of, like, I don't know, it was just fascinating to me. Right. Like, looking at that. um, Also, he had so much time to do that, because that would have been so hard by yourself to string up a full like was he probably like 180 pound guy Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah but he basically plays around with people's minds the only person he really respects is clarice because she does she doesn't follow any of the rules that are given to her yeah she does not really yeah I mean, not the When it in- comes to, like, how to handle him, like... Oh, no, she was following the director's orders, remember? Originally, she gave him that offer of, oh, if you work with us, we'll send you to this place. And then that's when it came out where the other, the like, the actual mental hospital owner, where he was like, oh, they were playing you, but I can get you that deal to I'm transfer. I'm not talking about that. Oh. I'm talking about all of the rules she had to follow when visiting Hannibal when he was in jail. Oh, the well, yes. stay away from the glass. Don't tell him anything personal about you. Don't give him any like sharp objects. Basically, only use like this thing to basically hand him things, like the little door slide thing. Um, like she broke. <laughs> Many of those rules just in the first encounter. Right. And he, for some reason, respected her and helped her. (laughs) Like I said, he's the only one that really did respect her enough to help her and to not kill her. Because he could have easily gone after her when he escaped. Do you think it was a respect thing, though? Because... I think maybe for as much as the calculated man that he was, that he was using her as a way for him to basically get his escape. But even after he escaped, he could have easily gone after her. But why wouldn't he? He had no reason to. He used her as a method, as a tool, to escape his prison. And yet, when he escaped, he went after the one... Was he like... He wasn't the psychiatrist. He was... He basically ran the mental hospital. Yeah, I don't think he was the warden, but um, basically the main guy that was supposed to be in charge of Hannibal. Along with some of the other psychotic inmates. Mm-hmm. Like, Hannibal went straight after him. Oh, yeah, because and Hannibal he, hated him. And Clarice even said, because her friend came to her after the news broke that he escaped, and her friend's like, well, do you, like, do you want company like do you want armed guards with you because 
you know, you know him more. He could be coming after you. And she's like, no, I don't think he will. Well, yeah, because he had no reason to go after her. He used her as a means to escape because the warden was the one that he truly hated, which is why it made that line at the end more powerful while he was waiting in the other country when the warden lands on the plane. He, the warden gets out of the plane and Hannibal is like talking to Clarice on the phone and goes, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Exactly. And that's what makes that more powerful because that whole time he was imprisoned, he was basically thinking about the way of, I'm going to kill you one day. Okay, but what about anyone else that he could kill after he escapes? Because you know he most likely did. There's probably a second movie. Well, well yeah. there are three movies in total. I can't remember if they actually deal with Hannibal himself, yeah. but you can suspect like he's not just going to change his ways and stop like right. he's still gonna keep going and actually the character Clar clarice was in other movies but i don't think it was the same actress but still he could easily go after her because she knows him and that could be a liability for him and he even says on the phone call just don't come after me and you'll be fine and she says I can't make that promise. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he could easily stalk her and kill her. Yeah. Just like he could anyone else. Like, he could go after the director of the FBI or, like, hell, anyone that originally got him in jail or anything like that. But I think at that point, for someone who's such, like, a sociopath that's so calculated, I feel like he would definitely not go for a revenge thing not revenge but like it go after be revenge it would be a since he is calculated he needs to tie up loose ends to make sure no, that he can because if anything that would put him in more danger you're going after people in the fbi of course the fbi is going to be even more on top of you if you killed their like top directors so i feel like for him it would make more sense to lay low and do what he was doing in the past which was you know Collecting people and eating them and doing his normal serial killer thing. My personal opinion. I could be 100% yeah. wrong. And also, I, I'm blanking on the other movies because I know Red Dragon was the third movie, but I can't remember what the name of the second movie was. Yeah. And then they did a, move, a prequel one called Hannibal Rising, which is supposed to be about how Hannibal basically became Hannibal. And then, of course, they have their TV show, which does the same aspect. <laughs> basically. Yeah. I never watched the TV I'd be, show. I'd honestly be interested in at least seeing the first episode of that. Right. Well, I, and I heard the TV show was amazing. I just mm -hmm. personally have never seen it. For you viewers out there, do you think he would go after Clarice? Or do you think that he would let her be? And why? Like and subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. Also, you know, I just realized we never actually went over the official plot. We just started talking about the movie. Eh, true. Yeah. But I just have one comment before that too when she is in the house going after buffalo bill they kind of i say psychoed it being a um a really good nod to the classic film psycho where hannibal's mom or not hannibal um buffalo bill's mom is dead and basically a withering corpse in his basement in a bathtub yeah, no, that's definitely not a psycho where, you know, obviously he keeps his mom sitting on a chair and he's, Buffalo Bill is living in the same house as the decaying 
woman. Mm-hmm. So it, it's definitely a nod to Psycho in that extent. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Psycho's a classic. That's oh. You can't beat that one. A lot of films have taken so many influence from Ooh, Psycho. Hitchcock. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, you want to go after the, uh, the plot? A general synopsis of the movie is a young FBI trainee basically gets asked by her superior to start investigating a known serial killer named Hannibal Lecter. And while she's interviewing him, the ulterior motive for the FBI is that they want to get information from him so they can track down a current serial killer named Buffalo Bill who is kidnapping women and basically filleting them to use their skin as a skin suit because he wants to kind of be a woman, but not really. He just wants pretty skin is what it basically kind of comes down to. Yeah. Which is why he makes the girls wear lotion all the time. Yeah. It's a real messed up movie. <laughs> oh, big time. Always looking for that size 14. Yeah, he needed to have that perfect size for him. When he does kidnap the senator's daughter, you just start screaming at the TV, especially women. She's coming home late at night with these groceries. You, She sees her apartment, sees her cat in the window. Also, this is the woman that gets trapped in the well. Yes, and that is luckily saved at the end. This guy, and she sees a guy struggling to put a couch in the back of a van. Very sketchy van, might I add. Lack of windows. Mm-hmm. And she, like a good person, but also like an idiot, she decides to go and help him. But just watching that scene was a, are you kidding me, type of moment. And I know it was a different time, but oi, still young woman alone at night. Never. Cats watching from the window. Oh god. The saddest part, the cat's like, my god. Mm. Mom? <laughs> now you know very well that the cat was probably like, ah, now who's gonna feed me? Basically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's very. An intense movie. Oh god, yeah. Although I couldn't help but laugh and just also scream at her at the same time when she is locked in the house trying to get away from Buffalo Bill. How every corner that she's turning, she's screaming and being very, very loud, which I get she's still a trainee, but even as trainees, yes. Okay, sorry. I thought you were talking about the girl in the well, and I was like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) No, when Clarice finds him and finds the girl and all of that stuff, like every corner that she's turning, every door that she goes into, she's huffing and like groaning and like yelling and all of that stuff, being very, very vocal, which I get she's still a trainee. She hasn't gone through this before. Yeah. But... At the same time, as a trainee, you should also know when to keep quiet. You know, I feel like it's different once you're actually in that scenario. You know, it's very easy to watch someone and be like, oh, it's a stupid decision. But when you think about it, if you were in that scenario, would you really act different? You don't know, because you have a flight flight or fight response basically going. Yes, but as a trainee, even as close as she was to graduating too, she should have had... Maybe not the experience, but the common knowledge and the control 
Oh, she has to common knowledge. The control over her own body to basically calm her nerves and like get her breathing in order. I th- see. I disagree with you. I think it's so much easier to say that, but when you're actually put in that scenario for the first time ever. You truly don't know how you're going to act, even with all the training in the world, because this is the first time where it's serious. Like, one wrong mistake, and you're dead. At least when you know it's a training course, you know, I'm going to be fine at the end of the day. But literally, any subtle movement she can make could be her last. Yeah, so she needs to be quiet, so not to keep the... not to draw the attention of the serial killer. Easier said than done. I know, but I'm saying... People in the armed forces, with that kind of training, whether or not you're a graduate, if you're at least that close, like, maybe you don't have the experience, but you should have some control, basically. Because the first mission that you go out on, it could have ended very badly for her. Sure. I Absolutely it could have. But, again, do you think everyone's first time they're going to have 100% control over what they're doing? Of course not. But in training, they should have gone over that at least. Yeah, but again, training vastly different than the actual thing. On that note, (laughs) I think we are uh, wrapping up to the end. And I would just like to say thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And (laughs) uh, if you guys get the moment, I actually have added the link to our Patreon page. And for those of you that don't know, Patreon is essentially a virtual tip jar. So it's one of those things where it's uh, if you go on there, we offer certain rewards and a lot of fun things if you decide to essentially tip us. But really, at the end of the day, we love the fact that you guys are just listening or, you know, just even just commenting. You, you don't even have to listen to the full episode. We appreciate it no matter what. But we do have this page. It kind of helps support us so we can keep do- doing this and having fun with it at the same time. Very much appreciate it if you guys check it out. You don't even yeah. have to donate. We also have our YouTube channel, which is fun. We have a lot of creepy short films as well, which I have the link on both our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, (laughs) Patreon, and every other page you can think of, as well as our Instagram, Tales of Grimm. So, uh, yeah, you know, check out the pages. Share with your friends. We don't, I'm really bad about, you know, marketing. So this is primarily a word of mouth podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So please share with your friends, share with your aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, siblings, mom, dad, whoever. Yeah. Comment with us. Let us know if we're doing a good job or a horrible job. Give us some ideas for a future creepy episode, movies, any type of idea you can think of. We do all sorts of scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a critique like, hey, Tyler, you should probably cut out those intros. We would take that into consideration. 100%. Can't guarantee it will happen, but we'll take it into consideration. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time. See you guys.